is time for our November Down the YBC, our Yellow Brick Crossroads, where we revisit this month in Oz um, in regards to conversations that sparked due to the conversations we've been having on this podcast. So this past month, a lot has happened in Oz and and in the world. Um, We'll touch base a little bit with the election that happened. We'll talk more about that. Oh my gosh, Em. This month started right on the start of the journey to the south. Is that not That's wild? crazy. Yeah, the it's wizard a long left journey. in October. It's a long... Bye! <laughs> it's a month-long journey. So November has all been about this journey yes. south. That's where we started this. Oh, so wow. we'll revisit some of the themes that came up through that, but we're... Yeah. As always, endlessly grateful for Mm. the conversations that happen outside of our conversations on our beds and couches (laughs) in Queens. This is meant to be a shared conversation. So thank you for participating. Never hesitate to reach out. All right, Em, you want to start us off with... We've got more Apple reviews. Now, we will say, we <laughs> did have a little bribery in these Apple reviews. Just a little we bit. We did a giveaway, which we'll talk about yes. in a little bit, that was a huge, huge success and so much fun. So it fun. had us feeling like little elves in our apartment. Santa elves. So Aussie this elves. was a part of the giveaway. If people reviewed us, it yes. did give some entries. But we were just so grateful to just hear how you're receiving this podcast. So, Em, what do you want to share from here? Yeah, thank you all for being here and listening. I love these episodes, and especially with Thanksgiving. um, It just feels extra poignant. So, thank you so much to A. Wider, Sid Kend, Violet July 88, (laughs) Joey Paradise SM, Brooke Tool, JD of M.O., those are all our new reviewers. Thank you so much. So I was just struck by... Uh, we also have international ones, which we, have, we can't yeah. see. How cool is Isn't that? Isn't that wild? Like, I got them sent in. I was like, this is so cool, but we wouldn't even know they exist if people didn't share them with That's us. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I just love how the some of the common themes are everyone has loved Oz since childhood. Yes. And so it's just fun to kind of hear it through like a more adult perspective, adult lens, and it's making people think that as we are obviously discovering so many new things, people are discovering new things from their own life with us and making comparisons to what's going on in the world to their own lives because everyone is going to interpret, you know, what we talk about differently. Um, so thank you so much for your your lovely words. Um, A wider specifically shouted out. I trust their Aussie and wisdom 100%. This podcast always makes me smile as they sing, discuss Harry Potter, shout out the bachelor and analyze Dorothy's epic adventure. I love our, I love our (laughs) bachelor, our our, our basic, our basicness. Um, J D of M O says that Uh, They got into our podcast after a number of episodes have been released, and they love how we talk about our own interpretations and also apply history when applicable. JD says it stands out because we have been using Oz as a framework to examine issues that affect our lives and our world, which they say makes Oz feel more accessible. So that's, I mean... I couldn't ask for anything more. Thank you so much. So there's so many other just wonderful words that we're so grateful for. So thank you. Thank you for just taking the time to write into us. Makes us feel so good. It's really, really (laughs) cool. Yeah. To be reminded. Oh, yeah. Like there's someone else on the other end listening and with us. So thank you. Okay. Well, we had a comment come in from... Our girl, Sharon. Sharon! So, this comment stunned me. This okay. has to I mean, deal. Sharon always stuns. Sharon has such a amazing mind. Yeah. Just to put that out there, Sharon, yes. your mind is beautiful. Yep. She proposed a question in regards to the Fighting Tree chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the question she proposed. Or posed. Are axes for trees what guns are for people? So mm-hmm. if the trees saw an axe, right, in the Tin Woodman's hand, would that immediately put them into this defensive position in survival mode, knowing that they can get 
injured and probably will get injured no matter what. So might as well fight first. Wow. So interesting, Sharon. That I didn't even think about that. But Me neither. Now that Sharon mentions it, 100%, right? The visual of yeah, seeing an axe and just feeling the fight or flight Yeah, immediately response. on guard. Yeah. Wow, Sharon. Interesting thought. Um, yeah. It also then, so we see the fighting trees attack first, right? That's like the whole, how the book is set up. But what if that's the first attack, just seeing the weapon? Wow. It's interesting. That puts it in a very different different lens. There's the, the stakes are even higher, you know? Yeah. And I would even go to say deeper, like, just looking at, like, you know, police brutality through this year, especially when it comes to black and brown people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, that's a, I, that response to seeing that and feeling just having a weapon in presence and that feeling of I might get hurt. Yeah. So I'm going to defend myself. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So Sharon, thank you for that thought. Yeah, Sharon. Um, Keep on coming. Also want to shout out our friend Megan has a, her friend ran for the first congressional district in Kansas. Her whole campaign was called Cali for Kansas. Now, unfortunately, Cali did not win this District has only in a hundred and forty-five year history, only one representative has not been Republican, oh, and wow. there has never yeah. been a female elected yeah. to this oh, role. Wow! Well. Um, wow! 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 It's a rural part of Kansas, but Cali, Cali for Kansas. We see you. We see you. Congrats Please. on running. Do not give up hope. Represent a state that is all about girls and gingham gaining power. Reclaim. So, yeah, we just wanted to shout Callie out. And um, a loss is only one step in someone's journey. So Yeah, you never know what could happen next. Never know. Wow. Thanks, Megan. Speaking of the election, Ah! we kind of obviously commented. (laughs) We had our, you heard us in our. The day after. The day after the election. In the midst. In our, like. You know, just rambly, weird thoughts and just in that limbo land that felt like four years long. That feels like a million years ago. Now that feels like a million years ago. (laughs) Correct. But we just wanted to share a little bit about our election experience and also some correlations to the world of Oz. I mean, I can't tell you how many Instagram handles... I saw people posting, like, ding dong, the witch is dead. The memes were on point, y'all. I mean, most importantly, one of my favorite songs from The Wiz, Brand New Day. Brand new. Just, Brand new it really day. did yeah. feel like that. And also yeah. the weather in the city was... was gorgeous. I will will put the point out to being like, oh, this might be global warming, because it was right. so warm. In November. It felt like a spring day. I literally put a flower crown on my head. Yes. I had my AOC shirt on because my girl one too was yes. feeling all the feelings and just went to Central Park, which was just erupting in oh, cheers yes. every so often. Em, you went to Times Square. <laughs> I went to freaking Times Square. I mean, it, it was a day that you had to not be in your I finished working. Pandemic I life. <laughs> shut the computer and I ran outside and I didn't know where I was going, but I just got on the train and was like, all right, I'm in Times Square now. And we, like, don't leave ever anymore. No. So this is, like, a big deal for both of it us. It was insane. It was insane and so energetic and just people honking and screaming and dancing and excited. And it was so refreshing. So I refreshing. think it should say something about how you did your job if people literally flock to the streets yeah. in celebration. That you are That gone. you are now fired. Yeah. yeah. That's all. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. And yeah, just presencing, I will never forget that day. The first woman nominated to be the vice president. That's a humongous day. Humongous. That's, I, I just cried was over crying. That. Yeah, for I, sure. I broke down. I mean, Van Jones on CNN got me. Me and Van Jones. Oh, Van Jones. Had was, a moment. Yeah. I don't even watch CNN. Like, I don't uh, have a strong relationship no, with any of the, the newscasters. Way, yeah. It just was such... Van Jones was all of us. The... Yes. The 
flood. Like, it was like something erupted inside of him. Yeah. And he just let himself <laughs> cry because we've all, beautiful. we've all were just holding our breath for like a week. Yeah. The longest week of our lives. So, yeah. Julie Louis Dreyfus's tweet got me of Madame Vice President is no, no longer a fictional character. I was like, oh, God. Oh. That's it's incredible. So cool. It's so cool. So just present presencing that, and we actually just talked about, uh, you know, Glinda and her guards being female outside, and seeing what that can do to young girls, seeing women in power, you know, in a book, and now in real life. It sometimes just takes the visual to inspire the next. Yes. The next empress of their yeah. own, right? You know, yeah. like it really. Seeing seeing something that you want to become, yeah, is so important. So yeah. Kamala's Kamala, really you. changing the game. She definitely she won't be the last with empathy shattered a glass ceiling, which insane. Very excited for this administration has so much work ahead of them. Have so fun. We're, I know they're <laughs> inheriting a really really broken country, but um, I feel hopeful. For but sure. I I do feel like this is I think we have people who are going to listen that in in spaces we didn't have anyone listening, yeah. um, which is important. Our country yeah. is shifting and. Um, we need to shift with the needs of the people. I feel relief. I feel hopeful. So, same. Yeah. I also just finished up reading uh, Hida Marino's Yes, um, The Wisdom of Oz, and I actually wrote to her as well. Because I love that. It unleashed a lot mm. in me because this book is really cool. Well, first off, I have to do a little quick side note. So I, I sent this book off. So I just finished it. I yeah. in my sisterhood program, the Circlehood, we have something on the side called Magic in the Margins that's happening where we each read a book that we want to read and then you journal in the book as you're reading it. You Ooh. could draw, you could ask the it's like a chain letter meets book club. Yeah. You can ask mm. um, a question of the person that you're going to send this to, whatever. It's just meant to be this like um uh, like a, a practice of sisterhood, sisterhood in, in a, of in a book. traveling book. Yeah, in a yeah. book. So I sent it off to um, my sister Camila, who has yes. it now. So I don't have the book anymore in my hands, and I just wanted to resurface it into my brain before talking yeah. about it with you. And I found another Wisdom of Oz book by what? these like Oz Broy boys who have this whole leadership consultation. Boys? No, that's not what their names are. I'm calling them that. <laughs> oh. They're, they have this whole leadership. Um, it's called Go Partner in Leadership. It's oh. so masculine. Okay. There's no women anywhere All right. like, on their site. I was like, ooh, I'm like cringing a little bit because it's so corporate-y. Uh-huh. But like that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just yeah. I slightly cringe sometimes because it's not choice. my world. It's right. not my world. Right, right, right. But they call themselves the Oz Guys. And the Oz Guys. They've written two books. Um, one's called The Oz Principle and the other's called The Wisdom of Oz. I ha- I'm definitely reaching out we to We need them. to talk to also, them. Also, like, I was like, where's your female coaches? Yeah. Hey. What's Hello? up? I'm going to tell them that. You, they could hire you. They could hire me. Um, where's <laughs> your consultant. But they have, like, major um, major businesses underneath them, and they use an Oz framework in creating personal accountability for yourself. Okay. So I'm curious. Amazing. I'm curious, but we'll totally be transparent. I'm like, the corporate-iness of it feels more wizardry to me than witchcraft. I don't know anything about corporate stuff, so. And I love that we've decided it's now, like, influencing so much of my work, that wizardry is it's the false put on magic where you don't quite believe in yourself. You yeah. need other people to tricking. believe in you so that you could believe in yourself. Yeah. And witchcraft, like the good witch energy is when you feel that connection to something, when you feel an alignment where there is this natural flow that just exists between yourself and what you happen to be doing that's the yes. good witch energy so that's yes. kind of something we've defined for ourselves. i've already taken it and run with it in my sisterhood yeah i'm like this is such a cool like framework to practice in and play with I like naming it. your wizards what are my things that distract me that are they look like magic but they're not they just make me feel worse right and then looking at like what are my good witches which are like my mentors that make me feel good where i feel seen where i feel heard all those things anyways yeah total tangent but going back now to Peta's book. Yeah. Um, so fascinating. Ugh. So fascinating. Peta. I mean, she is a descendant of Baum. Yeah. That was her great-great-grandfather, I believe. Great-great. Yeah. Um, and she is a um, 
therapist. So this book felt like a therapist's journey through Oz. And she does something called sand play therapy, which is, I think, what I kind of do by accident. And I think it also connects for myself. And it connects to a little bit of our miniature world, too, of, like, why people are maybe obsessed with miniatures. So let me tell you a little bit about what I gather sand play therapy is. I'm so fascinated by it. But it basically is a kind of, it's a technique for people to create scenes for things they can't yet communicate with words um, to represent how they're feeling or something that they're moving through. So you get like a sandbox with a bunch of figurines at your disposal that you could use to represent any kinds of emotions or anything, anything Mm -hmm. that you're feeling with water and the sand and you make these scenes happen. So you can, you know, move the sand around too. You could do whatever you want. And then you talk about what you made with the therapist. And I do this all the time with, not with sand. I obviously don't have a sandbox. We have a sandbox. (laughs) Do have a trampoline, but don't have a sandbox. Um, But I always take objects and, like, make little scenes for myself. Like, before I go into circle, I'll make an altar for that circle. And just, like, go through some of my old postcards that I have. Or, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something, like, really grounding about something tangibly in my hands. Yes. Um, And seeing myself in an object of, like, oh, this is what I think I'm feeling. And then it's captured in the object. Yeah. I found that to be so interesting. And then, like, yeah, like, this whole, like, people love to collect miniatures. Yeah. And I think there's something unconsciously there in that, like yeah. that you see yourself or like in an a emotion, yeah. sense. something that you could grasp too. So I it's a really this. cool book. Definitely. I, I was reading some of the, like Amazon reviews of it. Like the people who were into it were like, yeah. I didn't know it was going to be about therapy. I right. wanted it more like Oz. Oz. It is totally Oz. Yeah. And it's also like, I have to say like, she is a book person first yeah. She does talk about the movie, but it's more rooted in all of the book themes, which I really appreciate it. it it's just, just felt, a lens, yeah. It also felt like amazing timing, reading with where we're at, like almost some yes. of the book. Yes. Um, it was really cool. I highly recommend it. I oh, hope she emails me back. Yeah. Um, I was super excited to email her. I love the idea of the sand play. I feel like I do that with drawing, you know? Just like, okay, I'm doing this. Art and, therapy or, yeah, some is sort real. Of, yeah. And this is a weird version of art therapy because it's not like you're 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 making a scene. It's like a shadow box. Yeah, and then you're going to destroy it. Yeah. I loved making shadow boxes. Yes. I loved all my McDonald's figurines. I would, like, <gasps> tape into shoe boxes. Loved, loved my, my, yeah, those McDonald's oh toys. God. Loved, loved, Incredible. loved. Also, since we're in this um, season of gratitude, yeah. approaching literally Thanksgiving's tomorrow, our house is about to be bombed yeah! in the kitchen. <laughs> like yeah, we're, the kitchen's going to be destroyed. Our fridge is already, like, <laughs> the door is barely shutting. Uh, we have so much in there. Making stuffing for the first time. Get scratch. it, girl. Gluten-free stuffing. What gluten-free? are you free? You're making I'm making potatoes? gluten-free Pecan bars, gluten-free pumpkin pie. Only for me. Gluten-free is for gluten-free me. Gluten-free <laughs> gravy and mashed potatoes. Your star. Jimmy's helping Patrick with the turkey. Yeah, we're doing it. We're I'm doing not it. touching the turkey. I don't do that. I'm not doing that. I made my cornbread last night and Patrick went to go grab it and I became the mother Excuse in Christmas Excuse me. I was like, absolutely not. You do not touch that yet. Oh my god, I love in Christmas Story. The mother is my favorite. She's character. the best. She's the best when yeah. she's like gotta upstairs. Watch that soon. She's upstairs and she could just she feel knows. that he's like she. She's like, you'll get worms. She's it. She is everything. <laughs> it's so good. But anyways, just to get into Thanksgiving, yes. Em and I are also in our anti-racism book club. Mm-hmm. looking at having a more intentional Thanksgiving of really taking a moment to honor the spoon-fed storybook myth yeah. that we've been taught, like, that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an incorrect history of the first Thanksgiving, of how it completely um, erases the fact that the indigenous cultures have been consistently under attack, have been massacred. Yeah. Um, so we... I thought it would be cool, Em... We worked on in our anti-racism book club if we shared our land acknowledgments. Yes. Would you like to do that? Yes. Do you want to share yours? Oh, my gosh. I'm still working on mine. Um, I'm going to grab mine. in progress. I'm going to read mine out of my, yes. my uh, journal. Yes. 
We have been reading in our book club, and I, I mean, I would definitely highly recommend this book. Oh, it's incredible. An Indigenous People's... I love that I'm up right now. <laughs> She's just walking around. <laughs> um, An Indigenous People's History of the United States by Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. And um, learning so much, my brain feels like it's gooey in the best way. Um, and I would also say, yeah, we discuss like, if you're a visual person, as I am, YouTube has some really interesting videos to just tell you kind of some background and, you know, search around, like they're all different perspectives, but it does give more history. Okay, so my land acknowledgement is not written down, it's still in process, but I would like to acknowledge that we are currently recording and I live on the land of the Lenape people and the Canarsie people. And I just want to honor my elders, those who came before and had their own creative practices and spiritual practices. Um, I also want to presence that the Lenape people were forced westward. And um, from what I understand, a lot of the Lenape live in Oklahoma now. Um, so just presencing the fact that they were pushed from their native lands yeah. by European settlers and not ignoring that, especially this Thanksgiving, that fact. Um, and also acknowledging that as a European descendant, I, you know, we've been discussing in book club, like you physically carry that history in your bones, whether you want to or not, yeah. it's just a part of it. And so, yeah, I, I, I acknowledge that we stand on their land in order to honor them and the reality of what happened hundreds of years ago. And that they still are around, you know, not getting too deep into it, but gosh, my education made me feel like indigenous people no longer exist, strangely enough, and it is so incorrect. So just acknowledging these people that still exist, that carry that trauma in their, their lives as well. That's beautiful, M. Um, I love the honoring of elders. I think mm-hmm. that's so beautiful. I think we tend to, in American culture, glorify young youth, and that is not the yeah. case in indigenous culture. And I think there that is a beautiful practice mm-hmm. um, to look to the ones who are worn with wrinkles from living yeah. to help guide us. Yes. Um, and I also love what you said, too, like this... Um, it's in our bones. Like, even if we don't want it to be in our bones, like we come from colonizers, you know, and that's just a part of the white experience that it's not about guilt though. It's not about having guilt. It's like, obviously like none of us have conquered any land, No, but it's about being aware of a reckoning and, um, actually doing the work of reparations and, and voice actually being what our country says it is, which is, we can all exist in our different cultures side by side and be mm-hmm. respectful, which yeah. is, that is the myth that I think can become a true story. I don't know if it, it's happening yet. It's just, yeah. it not, we're not there. Yeah. So in my land acknowledgement, I'm going to read what I journaled on. I want to acknowledge that I am on the traditional territory of the Lenape and Canarsie people, the original stewards of this land that I hope to remember honor and learn from in their humanity and healing relationship with nature. And like M said, many of the Muncie Lenape were forced from this land. Um, the, a lot of the uh, Canarsie people uh, were pretty much wiped out uh, in Cleft's War, which was between 1643 to 1645. And then by the 1800s, there was very little remaining people of the Canarsie people and just presencing that even my breath just started to get caught upon speaking that yeah. also want to acknowledge that em and i have um, reached out to the friends of the pine ridge reservation and become connected with a branch called first families now we got to talk to alice phelps who is the main organizer of this group for mm-hmm. an hour on zoom and it was an hour on zoom that i will never forget listening to this woman's lived experiences, listening to what she cares about, her spiritual practices, which literally Mm. have changed me. Like, I have no other words, but have changed me. 
how she talked about how she greeted the sunrise. Mm -hmm. I will never forget that. And just also, like, Tara, why don't you greet the sunrise? Like, why don't you develop this relationship with nature? It's just, Mm. there was so much, so much that we both were, like, I just remember both of us being silent and in, like, reverence and awe. Yes. But I want to tell you a little bit, listeners, about First Families Now, because they need our help. Um, Em and I just shipped a massive box that Mm -hmm. literally you can made a fort out of. We shipped this giant box (laughs) full of blankets and warmer clothing, Mm -hmm. um, because the people on the Pine Ridge Reservation, this is one of the most impoverished counties in America, definitely need our help. Um, Especially children who can't concentrate or focus in school because they're dealing with... um, Food instability, food insecurities, yeah. and um, are cold at night. They're not sleeping because they're freezing colds. Like, these are real survival issues yeah. that if we band together with our communities, we can really take care of. So, First Families Now is a 501c3 organization established to focus on the vital needs of children and families in geographically isolated, high-need communities throughout Pine Ridge Reservation. There's about 60,000 people who live on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Its mission is to improve the quality of life for families and thereby improve the vibrancy of their communities. FFN works with school counselors and social workers at Oglala, Lakota County Early Head Start Centers and tribal grant and public schools identify students and families who are in dire need and personally deliver donations to families and schools. FFN will utilize comprehensive initiatives to support, educate, engage, empower all these families. Such families can have dramatic and positive impact on their communities. Um, so there's donations happening right now um, in in uh, alliance with the holidays. So please, we'll head it. We'll put it in our um, in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Head on over if you're feeling like you can make a little bit of a difference, even if it's just sending a few. Um, Coats that you no longer wear. Yeah. Sweaters, socks, whatever. Yeah. Awesome. We will put that information in the show notes for you. Yeah. Now our friend Jay. Jay. Jay is one of my favorite people to see in our inboxes. He's always sending us such um, amazing factual historical moments that correlate to whatever we were talking about on the podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. He sent us, uh, I think I had seen this uh, a while back, the Oz-Cest little tiny documentary. It's about 13 minutes long. We'll link it in the show notes as well. It's on YouTube. Um, Connecting the whole um, doll collecting and uh, doll obsessions also to the land of Oz, which, I mean, we went we tiptoed into that rabbit hole. Oh my gosh. We tiptoed in. But there's so much more. But I, I actually can't go into it. Like, I have to stop myself because there's too much. there's a lot to it's, discover. There's too much. Like, yeah. I would drown. Because also, it's really fun, like, finding <laughs> oh, all these so um, fun. store companies and um, yes. designers that have made their own lines and also it just... It connects to history. There's, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of background there's with it. There's been Dolls of Oz being made for over... Over 100 years yeah now. like yeah that's the, just the truth of it which is yeah. nuts it will never end it either. will never it'll end. keep going so so obsessed like obsessed but they they want to call it obsessed which i love i love and then yeah. jay shared with us this incredible jay. article uh he just wrote for the royal blog of Oz. literally published today yeah it is called readdressing l frank bomb and racism He mentions that a while ago, I'll just quote him, sometime back, I wrote a blog titled, Was L. Frank Baum a Racist? Where I admittedly engaged in racism apologetics. So let's readdress the issue. Was L. Frank Baum a racist? Yes. Was his expression of racism allowed at the time because of the society he lived in? Yes. Did that make it okay? No. And obviously here he's referencing some of L. Frank Baum's writings of the people of the Sioux Nation, um, I didn't know that L. Frank Baum even used the N-word in right. a few of his writings. He mm-hmm. put that in here to depict characters of color, which is something, listeners, we need to do better with. Yeah, like, for sure. Not, I'm, I'm not specifically, I know the N-word is one that is pretty commonly wiped out yeah. of um, literature and films, unless it's being used to express something from the past. 
It is not an okay word. It is not accepted. But here's what's not. White people are never described in their appearance. It's just right. the assumed norm. Yeah. So I think we all need to do better with, like, just describing all colors. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, he probably... Bob never described Dorothy as being white. Like, right. you know, we never... And, like, that wasn't the time. That was This was not the consciousness at the time. But it still kind of isn't yet. Yeah. Um, and that's just so... So think about that. Yeah. Black people are being described in his books by using the N-word, and mm-hmm. white people aren't, aren't even being described in any way to their color. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. So I really appreciated um, Jay's blog, and he goes into one of L. Frank Baum's characters, um, Aunt Hyacinth from The Daring Twins, who is portrayed as a mammy character, and he makes the connection between... Um, Aunt, Aunt Hyacinth to Aunt Jemima recently yeah. of like the happy s- slave who puts aside any concerns about her own family to care for the white man's family Ugh, and how it's yeah. like idealized and romanticized. Um, and he basically, you know, J- uh, Jay basically says, you know, we need, it's important to acknowledge Baum's racist and problematic writings. Um, he also says, you know, perhaps we shouldn't cancel him over these. He's been dead for a century. His family has moved forward with making, you know, starting the conversation to make reparations with um, Native Americans um, and apologized. Obviously, it's not an excuse. You know, it doesn't take away the past. Um, but yeah. I, I like his last phrase, you know, we need to acknowledge and recognize these problematic aspects of his work and learn to do better, learn the harmful effects of stereotypes, even today. So thank you for writing this. Yes. I mean, this also just makes me think about Al Frank Baum resorted to stereotypes in his writing because he probably didn't know any black people. Right. Himself. Yeah. I've read a bunch of history books on L. Frank Baum. Never once was there ever a mention of a relationship with anyone who was not white. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what happens when you don't have relationships with people who don't look like you. You believe the stereotypes mm-hmm. that are presented because that's all you have to go by. Yeah. And it's so dangerous. I also just want to shout out. Um, I just listened to an episode on the Kinswoman podcast. I'm obsessed with the Kinswoman. I've studied so with them. Good. They're all about um, putting allyship into action when it comes to being an anti-racist citizen. Yeah. And they just did an episode on segregated sisterhood, really mm. calling out um, sororities that and fraternities as well, but <sighs> keeping it primarily to women that are white only like Mm -hmm. still yeah and also that there's a separation like there are black only um sisterhoods too and like if there's no connections being made between these sororities what is that feeding Mm -hmm. what is that what is that doing for us in in terms of moving forward and becoming like more empathetic towards one another Mm -hmm. and more connected to one another It, it doesn't it doesn't do that it kind of keeps things separated So it's just so interesting. There's still so much work to be done in this. But, Jay, we really appreciate this article that you wrote. And we are so happy to be um, having this conversation with other Oz, deeply entrenched Oz people. Yes. Because we do think it is calling out, like, all the historians or calling them in. We don't – we never want to be calling out. Just, like, it really – there isn't a lot um, to uncover with it. It's a tricky territory, you know, with – an author we love, a story we love, but also gotta, gotta acknowledge these things in order to move forward too, you know? Yes. So. I also wanted to, um, just quickly bring up something that I was marinating on today. I just posted on our Insta and actually made me feel really prideful of Queens because we talked about in our last episode, uh, or two episodes, yeah, last episode, um, with the lion becoming the king of beasts when he finds his home. And the scarecrow says, before he, like, says, like, I could live here my whole life, the scarecrow is like, isn't this gloomy? And I was thinking about how everyone thinks Dorothy's uh, Kansas is gloomy, too, Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, they're like, why do you want to go back? Yeah, and, like, so that's so interesting. Like, when a home is your home, do you just not see that it that way ever? Um, I think 
It's, I think perhaps you do. You can see it, but it doesn't bother you. It doesn't you. bother you. You know, it's almost comfort, comforting. There are quirks about my hometown that I'm like, yeah, that's kind of janky, but, like, I love it. <laughs> my hometown is Chinese food restaurants and Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And like, it's, like, it's cool. so basic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's comforting because it's where you grew up. Yeah, it's, you know? it's totally comforting. For some people, I can only speak for myself, so. I just love that, like, little tie into Dorothy, like, having to defend mm-hmm. Kansas, too, because when the Scarecrow early back was like, why do you want to go back there? And she's like, because it's home. It's my home. She has yeah. no other answer but that. Yeah. Okay, now we have a special word from one of our friends over on Hit the Bricks. Get ready for this, listeners. Please enjoy our friend PJ talking about his radio drama, Hit the Bricks. Hey, everyone. My name is PJ Scott Blankenship. MK and Tara asked me to come on and talk a little bit about my show, which is a huge honor because I am such a fan of Down the Yellow Brick Pod. Uh, If you like Wizard of Oz and you like podcasts, which, you know, there's a good chance that you do because you're here, um, maybe you'd be interested in giving my show a chance. Now, it is a fictional show, so it's a little different. But in the same way as MK and Tara treat Elfric Baum's text as sort of like a sacred text, uh, we base our show off of the original Oz books by L. Frank Baum. My show is called Hit the Bricks, and it's a show that takes place 100 years after L. Frank Baum's books. And it stars a group of contemporary young adults who find their way into Oz, and Oz is a little worse for wear since the last time that we've seen it. But there's a lot of hope there's a lot of fun. Uh, it's not dark. It's not gritty. It's not like unnecessarily violent. We try really hard to keep the same kind of tone and feeling from the bomb books. So if you're a fan and you're wanting a more faithful adaptation of the source material, maybe Hit the Bricks is up your alley. It's a musical. It's got uh, a huge cast. If you're familiar with audio drama, there are a few people that you've probably heard of that are in it. Uh, There is all kinds of music. There are musical numbers. Um, Parts of the score are done by people who have worked on both indie projects as well as some well-known stuff like video games, TV shows like Steven Universe. Um, And we have recently just relaunched a remaster of our first season, uh, which is going on right now, and we're uploading weekly episodes. So you can check us out at hitthebricks.com, and you can catch us literally wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, you name it, we're on it. But if you'd rather just stream directly, you can go to our website, hitthebricks.com. Uh, and you can also follow us on all of our social media. We have the screen name at hitthebrickspod pretty much everywhere. So thanks. Uh, let me know how you how you like it. Y'all, there is a, it's what, 25 minutes? 28. 28 minute long cartoon called Dorothy in the Land of Oz, also known as Thanksgiving in the Land of Oz. Oh, no, 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 23. 23 right. minutes. It's a, <laughs> I extended it. <laughs> we want it to be 28 minutes. It is a 1980 Great Thanksgiving time. special. Um, it has, like, an original story, I guess, but it also has some of our favorite characters. The wizard, Aunt Em and Uncle, Uncle Henry, we Jack Pumpkinhead. We just Pumpkin started head. watching it. We're both dead. You guys. It's all on the OzWiki. We'll, we will include that. It was, interestingly enough, the writer is Romeo Moeller, who is known for writing the classic Rankin and Bass holiday specials. And it also stars Sid Caesar as the wizard and the narrator. So good. It, we're already obsessed. The I'm Oz, already very intrigued by this. The Oz Club shared this as something to do for Thanksgiving. Um, and we're just, we just started it and we're both like singing with it and this like is hilarious. becoming five year olds again. Weirdly, Aunt Em and Uncle Henry, even though they seem totally with it, are apparently going to an old folks' home. 
Yeah, they're going to an so old get ready. Home There's some heartbreaking elements. Dorothy's gonna live with cousins? Question mark. Yeah, who and are there's they? a really cool portrait of Dorothy hanging over her bed of her like dancing that yeah. we're obsessed with. Yeah, and the home, their farm home's <laughs> being repossessed, so the stakes it's are so high. Sad. We just end it with her um, grabbing hold to a balloon that looks like it's taken her back to Oz. Ah! Y'all, I'm intrigued. So, so excited. Get love, ready. love a holiday cartoon. So, um, our giveaway. Our giveaway! The holiday thing we've probably done thus far is our There's No Place Like Stay at Home for the Holidays no giveaway. Place. Yeah. Which was so freaking fun to do. We wanted to do so something fun. special for our first season's conclusion and also just to support small businesses and artists because this pandemic has done... Some, some damage. Yeah, has, yeah, has done a number. Yeah, on the arts For specifically. Sure. Like we still don't know how um, the arts are going to recover because just the lack of funding. Yeah. Um. So anything like we're encouraging all of our friends, our family, you listeners, to really think about where you're putting your dollars this holiday season. Um, and like it kind of makes gift giving, I think, even that more magical. I will say this. So I've done two things. It's all about small businesses and um, artists and um, also underrepresented businesses as well. Just putting things that don't have huge platforms like in the spotlight. I did one through with M through Oz and then one for the Circle Hood. We did a gift guide. That's the same thing. It's so good. Every single person I tagged responded. <gasps> all of them yes. with kindness and gratitude. And that oh, is what you won't what get from Amazon.com, friends. No, like no. they don't they don't have time for that. <laughs> nope. And like no no shade to Amazon. Like Amazon is definitely like does a number for how many people they employ. Like there's always light and dark to everything. Yeah. Um that even yeah. like makes me think about Thanksgiving. Like obviously this is still one of my favorite holidays. Like I love connect like real connection with people you love, real togetherness, right? Yeah. But there's still the shadow side. And that's, I yeah. think, you know, you don't ignore the shadow. You can embrace the shadow. Same thing with this. Like, I just think right now we could be really intentional with our, where we're putting our money that could save a business. Like Especially now, yeah, with the pandemic. I mean, gosh, even just a little bit, I think, can go a long way. Yeah. You know? I read uh, something somewhere of... Like, if you're going to want to buy Barack Obama's book that just came out, get it from an independent bookseller because that kind of book, like, the level of that book will save a bookshop. If we all contributed towards that, which I do want that book, so. Yes. Um, So just a few quick shout-outs to some of our amazing um, artists and small businesses we had in this gift basket. Um, First off, going to Home From Oz, which we did a little shout out on our Instagram towards. But just so you all know, Home From Oz is so fantastic. It's a card game. It's so fun. That you will want to keep playing over and over again until you win because it does get you into that competitive spirit. You will get riled up. So be prepared. Basically what you're doing is you are trying to collect enough bricks to get yourself out of Oz and back home. And you get cards that can menace the other people to, yeah, you, you know, curse each other. Yeah, to kind of delay or stop their um, journey. Like you can, you could uh, have a fighting tree, um, stop the someone. The wing monkey could steal yeah. bricks. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's and very fun. Like we keep saying, the art is so beautiful too. On I the would cards. like a print of this art. It's, they have them. It's incredible. They yeah. have them. So yeah. go take a look. And it's created by this really sweet couple who. When we were playing the other day, Jimmy wrote to them through their website, and they were because we had a question about the game while we were playing. They responded. They're within, so like, great. Ten minutes. Yeah, it's while it's, we were playing. Like that's insane. It's so great. So super sweet. So yeah. please check out Home from Oz. We'll link it in our show notes, as well as um, all things Oz Museum. I know is having a big sale this weekend. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess yeah. I guess this will be Blair in time. They're also doing some holiday sales as well. Check them out. They're the museum that's located in L. Frank Baum's hometown of Chinago, New yeah. York. They have awesome merchandise. Um, also in our gift basket, we had um, a gingham mask made by yes. the Broadway Celebrates Oz costume designer, Beck Jones. Uh, we have so a candle good. by Zuzu B. Candles um, that's called There's No Place Like Home. It 
I could smell it like just by putting the box up to my nose and it's yes. heaven. Of course, we have C Sharps, the swagger C-sharp. of Dorothy Gale and other filthy ways to strut. That was like the star of our gift box. Yeah. Um, and lots of um, original art also surrounding that as well from John Cotier. We got something from Society Six. Um, Say something punny. Also, these are all businesses that are either located on Etsy or Society6. Love Etsy. Great places to shop if you want to support artists. Society6 and um, Etsy. Just a little shout out for myself. I'm on Society6. Yes! With Tara's the circle there. It's starting. And congrats to Base Giraffe Oz. Yes! Erica. Her, Her name is Erica. Erica yes. for winning. Super excited. I'm sure we'll have more giveaways in the future because that was so much fun. We still have our book giveaway happening. Yeah. Uh, yep. For mm-hmm. all these people. All of you who have reviewed us are going to be entered You're into entered. a giveaway yes. at the end of the season. Yes. Shout out to, we've shouted them out before, my dear friend Tom. We did Little Women together like 11 years ago. Um... Tom wrote to us on Instagram about the scarecrow. We were mentioning the scarecrow, like, he can't really see until the eyes are painted on. So just some snippets from what Tom sent us. Tom was thinking that, uh, so once the scarecrow has his mouth, um, that's when he can actually speak, right? So he was thinking that... Maybe his mouth is the same. Maybe the scarecrow could only speak once the painters drew on his mouth. So it is only through art, or perhaps other people's art, since his eyes and mouth were drawn on by the munchkins, that we can see, and through our own art, that we can speak. That's a deep thought. Wow, Tom! (laughs) Additionally, up until the point where you mentioned the eyes being drawn on, I was thinking about Dorothy understanding the scarecrow without a mouth, the lion who is a lion, the tin man who doesn't have vocal cords and munchkins and characters in a foreign land. I think Dorothy's power is an open mind and empathy for people who don't speak, look, or exist like her. Perhaps we can all learn from Dorothy. That makes me think instantly of what Curtis shared on mm. our episode with Curtis, who was the, who is the photographer behind the Broadway Celebrates Oz project. Yeah. Saying that Dorothy's an ally. She yes. is a listener. She yeah. embraces all people and she can make that bridge for that person to go from that to go step into self-discovery and embrace their wholeness. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of, yeah, like he literally can speak through because of someone's art. Someone painted it and now he can speak and communicate. That's, that's beautiful, Our Tom. art does speak. And like we've talked about this before of you make something, you put it out into the world and it's a living, breathing thing. And it's also different in everybody's hands. I always think about a story that Elizabeth Gilbert shared, I think, mm. on her podcast that she used to have called Magic Lessons in conjunction with her book, Big Magic, Yes, um, where she practiced some of these thoughts that she put on the page in Big Magic with everyday, ordinary folk wanting to embrace creativity more. She talks about how in- after she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, she was at... A book signing, I believe, and I might be butchering this story slightly. This is my memory of it, and I haven't re-listened to this in quite some time. But a woman came up to her at the book signing and shared how Eat, Pray, Love changed her life and how she was able to leave her abusive husband and start over. And it's because of your book. Your book gave me the courage to do this. And, like, in Elizabeth Gilbert's head, she just was like, wow. Yeah. Like, my book isn't about that. No. But but that's how that person, person interpreted saw it, it and interpreted it because and we make connections to our own lives. That's <gasps> what a book can do. What? Um, in all kinds of ways, you know? Wow. Um, a book can also maybe be misinterpreted in a way that can be used against, yeah. against something, too. But it, I just find that so fascinating. It's like, it's not yours anymore. It's not your baby mm-hmm. anymore. It's like you give it over. Yes. To other people's hands. So yes. fascinating. Thank you, Tom, for presencing that. Love it. I think it's been fun that we have been figuring out, like, who we are in the world of Oz. Like, what we want to do. Yes. Because um, we do feel like we're here to stay. Um, like, this feels like a really healthy extension of creativity mm-hmm. um, and community, which, like, 
love, love, love. So I thought it'd be cool um, if um, if you wouldn't mind reading this. Um, this is some of the words that we've been given about like what we're doing um, that were reflected to us that we put in that we're now owning. Do you want to read yes, this? Yes, I would love to. On the podcast, we have become modern day Dorothy Gales, currently pulling back the curtain on things we didn't know, need to know, and thought we knew through an Oz lens. Our curiosities and imaginations often go yellow brick (laughs) off-roading, relishing in the rich and even hidden history of Oz, its unreal relevance and parallels to today, spiritual significance, calls to action, and magical timelessness. We also are devoted to celebrating artists and visionaries, both preserving and reimagining Oz for future generations. Our conversations in Oz have truly been our silver slippered linings of the pandemic, and we are thrilled they have now connected us. Deep thanks to you for being here and escaping together over the rainbow to many adventures to come. The good trouble. Witches of the East River, MK and Tara. Yes! <laughs> the good trouble witches the of the trouble. East River. Stop. Silver slippered linings. I love this. I want to step into this and own and own this. This is like the best language ever. So much of it didn't come from our mouths. Yeah, it's just those like, are wow. from our listeners so as well. So it's really cool to find, oh. yeah, what is our place? And this, and it just, yeah, it's been this, I'm just so grateful to have Oz in this year. It really will be the thing I'm probably the most grateful for because it brought in so much newness and energy that if it was removed from my pandemic experience, I would be very, I don't know, like this in circle. Yeah. Have been everything. No, 100%. Yeah. I'm going to miss editing our episodes. For our break. (laughs) For our break. Our break. No, take the break. We'll need it. We'll we'll have the break. But yes, no, I so, I knew it would be fun to record a podcast with you, but it's surpassed my every expectation. And it's, I, as I mentioned on, on a previous episode, I'm just over the moon with joy that people, you listeners have reached out to us and written us and that we have an episode called Yellow Brick Crossroads where we just talk about things that people have sent us or shared. I mean, it's, it's so cool. So thank you. (sighs) This felt like a a dinner table. This was Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) All right, friends, we will see you on over at the Instagram down the YBP and um, we'll be back for, to finish out this book real soon. See you soon. If you want to continue to get your Oz on, head on over to our Technicolor scrapbook on Instagram at DownTheYellowBrickPod. You can also email us any comments, ideas, or questions at DownTheYBP at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be over the rainbow with gratitude. If you do, you'll be entered into a very special raffle at the end of the season to win a personalized Oz surprise as a token of our appreciation. Stay tuned for our Patreon coming soon this fall. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait for our brick roads to cross again here on Down the Yellow Brick Pod.